0: Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick. I'm the owner and head coach here at Straight Shot Training. I want to start off with a huge thank you to everybody who signed up for our subscription-based programming this past weekend when we first offered it on July 1st. It means a lot to me that you all jumped right into this as soon as we offered it, and I really hope you're enjoying your workouts this week. If you are interested in what we do here at Straight Shot, Check out StraightShotTraining.com. You can see uh, everything that comes with a subscription to our service and learn a little bit more about who we are. You can also check us out on Instagram or Facebook, and you'll see just a little bit of a a glimpse into the type of programming that we offer here. So on today's podcast, I wanted to have a a quick Q&A with several topics that come up frequently when people ask me uh, for advice. Because as a personal trainer, you get a lot of questions throughout the day or whenever you're at a barbecue or you're – it's kind of like uh, – I know it's probably the same thing happens with doctors. Like if you're the doctor, people are always saying, oh, hey, my, my elbow hurts. What do I need to do about this? Or I got this rash. What do I do about it? So with, as, when you're a trainer, uh, people always come up to you and ask you questions. And I've always loved it. And I've been doing this for 10 years and um, I still love answering the same question over and over again when people ask the same question because uh, I want to share the knowledge that I've gained and the experience I've gained over these years, but also I clear up a lot of stuff that's confusing about training because there are so many different ideas out there and there's not always one right answer. And a lot of stuff is confusing because of the internet being so big and there's so many voices saying so many different things. It's really confusing as a trainer to pull apart what's scientific and what's not, much less the everyday person going to the gym trying to figure out what's real and what's not out there. So the topics I want to talk to you about today mainly revolve around mechanics of exercise or how you need to perform certain lifts. And these are ones that I don't ever see myself changing my mind on just because They're tried and true, and they're backed by science, but back in the day, some of these were thought to be incorrect, and in the past 10 years or so, now that we've moved past those um, uh, misunderstandings of these movements, we now, as trainers, collectively, for the most part, agree on these certain topics. So I wanted to start out with the question that I get all the time whenever I demonstrate a squat, which is... Why is it okay now to squat below parallel? Below parallel means the crease of your hip going below the level of your knees, or if you were to look at someone from the side, their butt is lower than the level of their knees. That's probably the easiest way to think about it. Their femur or upper leg bone is at a downward angle pointing towards their hips. Well, it's always been okay to squat below parallel. It's just been misunderstood because of several key things that need to happen in order for you to be safe squatting below parallel. Now there's a difference between squatting below parallel unloaded and squatting below parallel loaded meaning with or without weight. If you look at the rest of the world or specifically like countries that uh, are not, de- uh, they're developing countries or um, not as affluent as countries where we sit so much in cars and sit at work and our toilets are different than theirs. And so we're always sitting at like this 90-degree angle position at our hips and our knees. Whereas a lot of the rest of the world, they sit down in a squat position. If they're cooking or uh, sewing or work, cooking around a, or around a campfire doing something or using the bathroom, they're down in a full squat position. And you should be able to sit in a full squat position. And if you were to look at the pictures of people in these uh areas of the world that sit in that full squat position, they don't always have you know, a completely flat back or their toes aren't always straightforward. And that's totally fine because you're unloaded. You're just sitting down relaxed in that squat. So that's perfectly fine. When it comes to whether or not you should squat below parallel in the gym when you are holding a kettlebell, you have a bar in your back, you are uh, holding dumbbells, that's going to be dictated by a couple of things. And I want to try to be... Um, As specific with these as possible, I know it might be hard since you're just hearing me, you're not seeing these things Um, And uh, I am going to do a squat video uh, that breaks down the mechanics for this um, on YouTube in the near future So hopefully that will help clear some of this stuff up, but I'm going to try to do the best I can with this The first thing that dictates how low a person can squat is I'm going to look at their spine So how low can they squat with a completely neutral spine? So I don't want to say flat back because everybody has a different shape to their spine. Whatever shape your spine is in when you're standing up straight with your butt tight and your abs tight, that's the shape that your spine should make at the beginning of your squat and at the bottom of your squat. If you can't hold that neutral position the entire way through your squat. So Let's say you get down, as soon as you go b- below parallel, your back gets round or your butt tucks under. We call it the butt wink uh, here in the the gym culture, which doesn't always make sense to people even when we say it, but it's just a funny term so we use it. But the butt wink is your butt rounding under and then turning back up as you come back up in the squat. But basically, if your back gets round at the bottom of the squat, you shouldn't sit that low. So you're gonna sit to the lowest point possible where you have a neutral spine. And then I want to help you work on your mobility if you were my client to eventually get you lower while keeping that spine in that good position. So I don't want you to squat below parallel just for the sake of squatting below parallel if it's not safe for you. If your back, if your spine changes positions under lobe, it's not a safe position for it. So that's number one. It's looking at the spine. Number two, can you keep your heels down? If you have really stiff calves and you go to squat, And at the bottom, you rock onto your toes because you can't collapse the angle of your ankle at the bottom or your knee going towards the front of your toes. If you can't keep your heels down, then I'm only going to have you squat as low as you can with your heels being down. So now I'm looking at your spine and looking at your heels. You need to have a neutral spine, heels down flat on the ground. And then the last one is, can you keep your knees in line with your toes? Now, I'm not going to get into the knees out debate, if you are into like weightlifting or CrossFit, the knees out squatting is a, is a popular way of squatting. Uh, it can help you squat with a more upright torso. And is kind of, uh, depending on who you ask, whether or not that's a good thing, I prefer to tell people, keep your knees in line with your toes. So if your toes need to be pointed a little bit out, that's okay. If you point them too far out, the knees are going to cave in. Knees are no longer in line with your toes. That's not a safe squat. If your toes are straight forward, it may be the inside of your leg musculature, your adductors. uh, Most people consider this like your groin muscles. If those are super tight and they pull your knees in at the bottom of your squat and your knees cave in, that's too low for you. So now I'm checking out the knees. So I have the back, the heels, and the knees. All of those things have to be in the correct places at the bottom of your squat to make the bottom of your squat a safe position for you. So I'm going to have you sit down to a position where your knees stay in line with your toes, your heels stay down, and you have a neutral position to your spine. Sit as low as you can to that point, and then come back up, and that's your rep. And you make them all look like that, as low as you possibly can with all of those things in place. Then we're going to work on your mobility of your ankles to get you more ankle range. We're going to work on the mobility of your adductors to make sure that you can get your knees towards the um, outside of your feet instead of caving in and then we're going to work on hip mobility and thoracic spine mobility to make sure that you can keep your spine in a good position. And all of those mobility things that I'm talking about are part of the Straight Shot program. So we will help you squat lower but in the meantime as we're working towards that goal we want you to squat safely. Uh, the next question I have that comes up Normally, after I answer that question and people see me squat, then they ask the second question, which is, can your knees go past your toes in the squat, or is it okay if your knees go past your toes at the bottom of the squat? The answer is yes. It is okay as long as you initiate the squat by breaking at the hips first. So if I'm standing up, and getting ready to start a squat, I'm not going to bend my knees first. I'm going to push my butt back slightly while keeping my abs tight, and then bend my knees after that. So, if you load up the knees by bending the knees first and just shove the knees forward and squat as low as you can, you're placing a lot of stress over that patellar tendon. If You load the hips first, you now loaded up the glutes. Glutes are strong muscles, they're going to help you stay in that good position, and you're going to keep sitting down with a vertical shin, so your shin bone going straight up until you get near the bottom position, then you let your knees go forward. And you're going to have to, for most people, you're going to have to in order to hit that full bottom position of your squat just because most people's mechanics don't lend themselves to being able to squat full depth with their knees staying directly over their midfoot. Typically, at the bottom of your squat, your knees are going to go forward. And that's not just okay. It's actually proper form once you get to that very bottom position. Having good ankle mobility actually helps keep your back in a better position on your squat. So it is good to have that happen at the very bottom. Unless it hurts and this is what I explain with every exercise if somebody says this exercise hurts Exercise should feel good. I mean obviously it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's going to be heavy might be a lot of reps You might not like exercise, but it shouldn't hurt if you're doing it correctly So if something hurts your knees on a squat when you get to the bottom position it might be inside the knee front of the knee back of the knee Something's not right there. It could be a mobility issue. It could be arthritis. It could be a previous injury. You need to squat to a depth that still feels good for you and keep working on your mobility to make sure that you get as low as you can. Uh, so don't use your mobility or your, your stiffness as an excuse not to squat low. Oh, I, I can't. It hurts my knees. Well, have you tried rolling out your quads? Have you tried... Uh, doing external rotation stretches for your hip, if you tried internal rotation stretches for your hip, if you tried ankle mobility, I would do all of those things first before I said, yeah, you definitely can't squat that low because you have the XYZ issue with your knee. I have a couple clients with severe arthritis in their knees, they're older clients, and there's a certain range that they can squat to that still feels good, and there's a range that they cannot squat into. And it's not not something I'm going to fight for, I want them to squat as low as possible, but um, I also want to train them for some longevity and, and pushing into a very very painful, not just mild discomfort, but very painful range is not a safe thing to do as a trainer or as a client. So uh, yes, it's okay to have your knees go past your toes at the bottom of the squat unless it's causing you a lot of pain and uh, maybe um, check out your mobility issues first before you say, hey, I can't squat into that position. The next one, moving on to upper body, I get asked a lot: what is the best exercise for strengthening a weak rotator cuff? So before I go into what exercises, and it's actually a more complicated question than uh, than it seems like it would be, because of the misunderstanding of what the rotator cuff is. I'm going to explain what the rotator cuff is, and then we'll get to the exercise stuff. So the rotator cuff is a grouping of muscles that. Are on your back, that grab onto the head of your humerus, which is your upper arm bone, and they act as a suction cup. Now they do rotate your arm, so if you're standing and you're holding your arm at 90 degrees out in front of you, your elbow is bent at 90 degrees, and you bring your hand towards your stomach, that's internal rotation. If you move your hand away from your body, that's external rotation. That is the... One of the m- main roles of your rotator cuff is rotation, but also the way that they're attached to the humerus and the way the muscular, musculature lays across your shoulder blade, uh, above and below your shoulder blade, And on top of your shoulder blade up near your traps, like up kind of close to your neck, the way all of that works is more like a suction cuff than anything else, where it pulls that humerus into your shoulder socket and keeps it in a good position as long as all those muscles are working together correctly. So the rotator cuff is not just this thing in your shoulder. It goes all the way towards your spine across your upper back. So it's... It's a lot of musculature that's main role is keeping your shoulder in a good position. So when people want an exercise for rotator cuffs, rather than just giving them rotation exercises like internal-external rotation with a band that you might get in physical therapy, I want to teach somebody how to use their rotator cuff to move the way that they're going to move when they're not with me in the gym. Internal-external rotation is great. It's a good warm-up exercise, good prehab, but it's not getting to the root cause of, why someone has a weak rotator cuff. They have a weak rotator cuff because they don't know how to apply that suction cup aspect of the rotator cuff to their bench press, their bent over row, their pull-ups or pull-downs, their overhead presses, uh, anything that they're going to be doing with their arms, their their shoulder has to be stable, and the rotator cuff is there to keep the shoulder stable. So when I'm saying learn to push and pull with a stable shoulder, if you squeeze your shoulder blades back, as hard as you can. And then you push them forward as hard as you can, like kind of rounding out your shoulders in bad posture. In the middle of that, if you kind of pull your shoulder blades back just a little bit and then down, that's your set shoulder position. And that's for the majority of your upper body exercises. That's what position your shoulder is going to be in. On a bench press, we really cue a squeezing of the shoulder blades when you bring the bar down and then push your arms straight up while keeping that tension in your shoulder blades. But for most exercises, you have that, that neutral but stable shoulder that your rotator cuff helps hold you into while you're moving your arms forward and backwards up and down. So... Pushing and pulling with a stable shoulder in all directions, that's, that's priority number one when it comes to strengthening a weak rotator cuff. The next thing we're going to do is prehab exercises like uh, YTIW raises or scapula shrugs or punches, which is pushing your shoulder blades forward and pulling them back and together. Uh, We can do this pushing and pulling forward. We can hang from a pull-up bar and do scapular retractions or squeezing your shoulder blades together, almost like doing a pull-up but not bending your arms, just the very bottom portion. Uh, Anything that we can do to isolate that upper to middle back musculature to work together with the rotator cuff, because you've got other muscles back there. You have your rhomboids, which pull your shoulder blades together. You have your middle trapezius muscles, which help pull them down. You have your serratus anterior, which helps push your... Uh, scapula forward and pulls it down a little bit. Um, All of them are also involved with the upward and downward rotation of your uh, scapula. Your scapula has 14 different articulations. Um, I know I'm probably going down a a bit of an anatomy rabbit hole here, but there's just so much going on with the rotator cuff. This this isn't a simple fix. There's a lot that's going on. So there's a lot to teach people when it comes to it. So learning to push and pull and then learning all of these uh, prehab exercises to help you realize, oh, this is what it feels like to engage this muscle when I'm doing this lift. When as soon as I can get somebody to understand those mechanics, they can then fix their own shoulder if they have an impingement issue, uh, which is where you have maybe an inflamed muscle that's getting pinched in between two bones because um, it's being overused uh, because you're not using your rotator cuff correctly. Uh, when you teach somebody something like that, then they go off and start moving in good positions once they realize what a good position is they 're not going to need to do tons and tons and tons and tons of rehab or prehab exercises they 'll do a couple in the beginning of their workout to kind of wake the the muscles up and then go hit their workout and you know crush their bench presses or their pull downs or their overhead presses with great form because they know what it feels like to have their rotator cuff active during these movements so Long answer to a a short question, but that tends to be the way I do things. I I, I like to not just give somebody a quick answer. I want to explain to you why I'm giving you this answer so that you can actually learn it and then apply it in your own workouts. Last question I want to get into today, and this is a a broad question, so I'm going to give a broad answer because it's given to me in a lot of different forms. It's what stretch can I do to help with blank, fill in the blank. So what stretch can I do to help with, I have really tight hamstrings. I ha- My lower back hurts all the time. My shoulder hurts. Uh, I have, my neck is always stiff after I do this exercise. And they want to know, what stretch can I do? Like stretching is some type of magical cure for all muscular dysfunctions or bad movement patterns. Uh, actually, sometimes stretching can make some of these issues worse. So instead of thinking stretch, what can I stretch to make this feel better? Think, how do I move in a better position because this pain is my body's way of telling me you're doing this incorrectly. So going all the way back to what we were talking about in the beginning where I was saying that proper movement feels good, that these moving in in positions like squatting and lunging and pushing and pulling, like natural positions for the human body should feel good. If they don't feel good, if you have any pain, Pain is an indicator of improper movement. It's your body's way of saying, cut that out, I don't like it, that doesn't feel good. You're doing that wrong. Even So if you don't have a coach telling you that you're doing something incorrectly, your body is going to tell you. But we don't want to get to that point. We don't want to see pain being the indicator. We want you to know when you're in a good position or not. So when it comes to stretches, I want you to think of moving in good positions and then using mobilizations or stretches along with prehab, along with proper warm-ups before you actually start lifting heavy, all of these modalities I want, I want you to use to learn how to move in good positions. But the positions are the cure for whatever your issue is, not the stretches. So the stretch is not going to make your shoulder feel better. It's your learning of better posture and better mechanics when you lift that's going to make your shoulder feel better. Your low back is not super stiff because you need to stretch it your low back is stiff because you sit with poor posture and then you go into the gym and you try to squat and your back gets rounded out on your squats your uh, your knees hurting from your from running it's not that you need to just stretch out your quads it's Are your feet turning out when you're running? What does your back end mechanics when you're running look like? Do your feet flare out to the side? Are your knees kind of wobbling all over the place? What do your arms look like when you're running? Are they swinging side to side? Are you creating too much upper body torque and your lower body can't handle it? So all of these things are are complicated but simple at the same time. Your body is trying to tell you something. You need to listen to it and then either talk to somebody like me or a trainer that you go to or uh, Google is awesome. You can always find some weird stuff on there. But for the most part, if you looked up uh, running drills and then try to find a certified coach who makes a YouTube video, you can find so much awesome stuff out there. But people typically want a quick fix. They want to say, well, what do I need to stretch to do this? When overhauling your entire running form is a long endeavor. Learning how to squat takes a long time. Learning how to... Uh, press correctly and learn how to use your rotator cuff to your advantage to hold your shoulder in a good position when you're moving takes practice and it's so much quicker than just a uh, here's a stretch you can do to fix it and the people who are looking for quick answers normally don't like this answer that I'm giving them but the people who really want to uh, actively correct these issues normally get excited because they realize oh I'm, I'm not broken it's just I have a broken piece of this system that I need to fix. And yeah, I can keep running. It's not gonna hurt my knee forever because I'm gonna learn to run correctly. I can keep squatting. I just need to learn how to squat correctly. So, this is a very broad answer. If you have a specific issue and you wanna come to me, you can hit me up on Facebook at Straight Shot Training or Instagram at Straight Shot Training. Quickest way to get me to review something that you wanna see is just tag me in one of your videos. Uh, tag me in the comments or something and say, Hey, I have knee pain when I squat. Can you see something in my squat that would uh, make this be happening? And I would love to review that for you. Uh, the people that I get to work with on a daily basis come to me all the time and ask me these questions, and I love helping them out. That's that's what I've been doing for a long time, and it's what I hope to do with the rest of my life. Uh, I'm at the point now where I want to help a lot of people that I can't reach in person. So with Straight Shot Training and the people who are currently signed up for it, and the people who I hope sign up for it uh, soon, I want as many people as possible uh, doing this program, all of you are welcome to tag me in this at any time and I can help you uh, maybe figure out what's going on in your mechanics that may be causing this issue. Instead of you saying, this hurts, Johnny, give me a stretch. Uh, it's it's, It's like the same thing as teaching a person to fish versus giving them a fish. The stretch is the fish. Learning how to move correctly, that's you learning how to fish for yourself. So uh, hopefully this all makes sense. If you need me to clear up anything or if you have any more questions, definitely uh, DM or tag me in something on social media and I'd love to converse with you about this. Thank you all so much for your time. I really appreciate you listening to this today. If you have a second that you could head over to iTunes and leave a rating for the podcast, that would mean the world to me. And if you want to learn more about the Straight Shot Training program, head over to straightshottraining.com. It has all the details there and how to subscribe to the monthly subscription. And I will talk to you all next week.